Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Jane Urquhart. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word and your spirit working together this morning in such a powerful way. Lord, come. Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord, and change us. Lord, your word says you take us from one degree of glory to another. And you do that, Lord. You do that because you are faithful to your word. You're watching over us, leading us from one degree of glory to another. Lord, we open up our hearts and lives to you even more right now for you to come, do a deep work. We're your children. We're your children. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to stop there because I know I need to bring the word that God has put in my, in my heart. Well, it's not just a word he's put in my heart. It's something he's been doing <laughs> over a period of time. And, um, and we're, we're, just, we're just in such, the church of Jesus Christ is in such an amazing season of him moving in the earth, of him moving in his, in his people of him being glorified when the world gets darker and it's shifting and shaking. He's moving in his people in such a powerful way all over the earth. Anybody agree with me? Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, we, we, um, we know we're in the season of where, sorry, it's annoying having glasses when you do need them and then you don't need them. So I'll leave them there for a minute. Um, you know, this, this where, you know, it's, God is reigning. Holy Spirit is raining down on his people, living water. And there are wells. Each one of us is a well of God, of the Holy Spirit. And then he wants to bubble up out of us rivers of living water. Amen. And um, so we've got both going on. We've got him pouring out on us. We've got what he's doing in us. And, um, and in, that, in this, there are, all, there are always next steps for us in God. There are always things we need to, areas in our heart and life we need to surrender or respond to, give to the Lord so that we, we move on with him so that we're unblocked, if you like, and there's more living water can come out. Does that make sense? It's not always easy. It's not an easy, it's a great time, but it's not always an easy time. And, and this season, we're, we're, um, in this last month, we're like worship in. Worship in different uh, titles. And this one is worship in challenging circumstances, challenging seasons of our lives. And for some reason, whoever decided that this, this, the, cha- the title of this one thought I would be a good person to do this one. <laughs> so you have me. <laughs> but actually, I have been through a, a challenging season. We all go through challenging seasons, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Every single one of us. We are human beings sitting in this room go through challenging seasons, challenging times. And um, none of us are immune to life. None of us are immune to our bodies um, getting older. None of us are immune to struggles, to our bodies getting sick. 
None of us are immune to our minds being attacked constantly by the enemy and by self, lack of self-worth and rubbish that's chucked at us. None of us are immune to financial struggles and challenges, to relationship issues with people around us, our own families, our husband, wife, our kids. We, we, this is real life, yeah? yeah? We can all get discouraged. We can all be oppressed. We can, we can maybe suffer with depression. We can all get tired. We can have fears going on in our lives. We can be, built, uh, we can be struggling with sin and issues that then can bring guilt and shame. We can be battling sin. We can have grief. None of us are immune to, to you know, trauma, disaster, death. This is, this is life, yeah? You're not getting depressed now, are you? <laughs> there is a good point to all this. But these are the challenges of life that every single one of us face. And we know that we have a Lord and Saviour who lives in us to overcome. Amen. This is, this is what we've been declaring this morning. But we still go through the issues of life. Yeah. We still have, we have, and do you know what I think even more so sometimes? Because we can be, you know, I've been saved a long time and I love God deeply. And, and I, I, I praise and I worship and I read the word. I have to read the word every day to keep me going, keep me sane, keep me, yeah. I have to read the word of God. It's life for me. Uh, his words, not mine and not the enemy's. But even in, even in this season where God is speaking new things ahead of us, increase, rivers of living water, we then have an enemy that does not want us to believe this and move forward in this. So we are battling the enemy coming against us as well as our own stuff. Yeah? yeah? Life stuff. We're pushing into the promises of God because God has spoken harvest. We are pushing in for souls to get saved. And at the same time, we can be battling our own things going on in us and the enemy trying to steal, kill and destroy from us. We are, when we're wanting to see souls saved, when we're praying like we've never prayed before, when we're pushing into God, there is resistance. The enemy does not want us plundering hell of souls. And he will do everything to get us off track, to get our focus off the harvest and onto ourselves, yeah? We all know it, it's real. The enemy wants to steal, kill and destroy and he wants to intimidate us. And, um, and I remember even you know, speaking, uh, I think it was last year, that, that God, there are, there are new open doors ahead for us. I don't know if any of you remember that. There are new open doors of opportunity ahead for every single one of us to step into. And I was, and I was, and yet, but the scripture says, when Paul says that, there's an open door of effective ministry before me, and, but my adversaries are many. Now that can be you're stepping into a new season and somebody in your family puts you down, or you're, you're stepping into a new season at work, you're, you're, you're witnessing to somebody and your boss puts you down. There's, there's always something that's going to try and intimidate you when you're stepping forward, yeah, into new things. And I was preaching, we have these new doors. And I got to the point a few months ago where I said to God, don't give me an open door. I cannot stand in this one. Don't give me another open door. I do not want to go through it. And it, you find it, I was like, oh my goodness, I've preached this stuff, do you know what I mean? But, it, but life is like that, isn't it? God speaks to us and then the challenge comes. And it's like, what am I going to do in it? What am I going to do when the enemy is telling me, you can't afford to do that? 
You can't go and do that. What will they say? What will, what will that look like? Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, you know your blah, blah, blah. <laughs> that goes on against you. I, um, I got to a place where I was discouraged. I even got annoyed at God. Does anybody get annoyed at God? Pardon? <laughs> it's a bit quiet there. Annoyed, we can get annoyed at situations and circumstances that have been going on a long time. We can get annoyed and frustrated about things that are going on in other people's lives that have been going on a long time. We've been praying for them for breakthroughs. So I, I, was, get, I was getting discouraged. I was getting cross. I was like, um, what can I do about this situation? So self creeps in. God, if you're not going to do something, I'll do something. Do you know what? We do this, don't we? It's self-righteousness. When we had no... When, when we were... Okay, how do I put this? When Kingdom Faith was struggling financially, and we, we shared this on the platform, I was like, I got to the point where, okay, God, I believe you're saying I am to sell my house and all our money will, will sort everything out. We'll give all our money and it will sort everything out, okay? And because and my house hasn't sold. <laughs> but do you know what? I was, in my um, self, self and self-righteousness, I was trying to step in and do what I was cross that God wasn't doing. Does that make sense? Yes. Do you ever do that? Yes. Self creeps in. What can we do, God, because you're not doing anything? It looks like he's not doing anything, of course, you know. We can be offended, you know, we can get offended at God. There's a great story in, in John chapter 6 where Jesus was teaching all the disciples, like a big group of disciples, about um, he was, you know, sharing uh, who he is, um, about his body and his blood, and they didn't get, they, they did, they didn't get it. And it said in there that um, they were saying that his teaching was too hard, too difficult and strange. Okay? And sometimes life can be too hard, too difficult and just strange. Yeah? You ever had strange going on? Too hard, too difficult. And they were grumbling and complaining. <laughs> so many left him. Many left him because they couldn't grapple with what Jesus was saying. They couldn't understand with their heads or their hearts what he was trying to teach them. And so often when that happens in our lives, we can walk away from him rather than coming to him because it's too hard. I don't get this, God. I don't get you. Okay? And we know that many people have walked away. We have prodigals in our lives. But they are coming back. Yeah. They are coming back because the harvest that is coming is bringing in the prodigals as well. I'm speaking that over you, over our families, over our loved ones, and the prodigals from this church, the church, are coming back because it's something that God is doing in the earth. They left him and Jesus turned. Jesus showed this to me a couple of years ago when he said to me, are you offended by me, by what I'm doing? I was like, sorry, God, I am. Forgive me. I don't understand. And he turned to his disciples, the 12 disciples, and he said to them, does this shock you and displease you? I've had things happen in our lives, in our family, that shocked me and displeased me. And when God says, are you going to leave me? I have to say what the disciples said. Lord, to whom would we go? To whom would I go? 
You alone have the words of eternal life. You alone have the words of eternal life. Even if I don't understand, I don't get it, it's too hard, you, who, where would I go? So I stayed, okay? <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> we believe and trust, this is what they said, that you are the Holy One of God, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. That's our confession, amen? Even when everything else is shifting and shaking, that's our confession. And sometimes people walk away or sometimes it's just a distance between us and God because something's become hard in us because we don't understand well, we don't understand what he's saying or doing. It just feels too hard. And again, my heart, excuse me, it says, and I've preached this as well, that in the last days, hearts will fear, be gripped with fear, and they will go cold. Their, their hearts will go cold towards God. And I've said to God, don't ever let my heart go cold. But that's what happened. In the last six months, my heart went cold. And it's the scariest place I've ever been because I just didn't understand what was going on. Because like I said, I know he, who he is. He'd been saying to me, you know, when Jesus said to the disciple, who do you say I am? I know who he is. I know who he is to me. I know who he is to my family and my kids. But something was going on in me when my heart had gone cold. And um, it was scary. Um, but that's what it felt. Inside, I was, I was desperate. And we had a women's meeting in, um, in June, this June. And, uh, um, and, I, and different ones of us were sharing. And I got up to say something and I, and I started to cry because this was all going on in me and I couldn't, I couldn't help it, you know. Um, and God had been saying to me, Jane, I want to enable you to bend a bow of bronze. And something inside of me sank because I thought, this is going to be hard. <laughs> This, is, this means hard work. This means I'm going to go through something because I've got to be able to do something that I've never been, I can't do in my own strength. I've never been able to do. And um, anyway, I was sharing this. And um, um, one of the, the, the words, one of the things that we brought, I think Katie McGowan had the, the scripture about the woman who'd had the issue of blood for 12 years and she's pressing into Jesus. Yeah? She's stretching through the crowd. Should we put that picture up? We've got a picture. Um, photo, uh, painting in, in uh, Israel. It's a beautiful painting. And, um, but this word of, of this woman of the, of the, who's had this issue for 12 years and she's desperate, so she's pushing through the crowd, she's pushing through the resistance, the doubts and the fears um, to touch Jesus because he has the answer. Jesus is the answer. Amen. And, um, and we shared that, um, we were talking about that on that night. And I knew from that moment that I needed to press into Jesus, that he alone um, is the answer to what's going on inside of me. I knew that if I keep pressing in, he's going to come through. Amen. Because he is faithful. He is God. And, um, and also that night, one of the girls shared that our mess will become our message and our tests will become our testimony. Amen. So I can stand here. We get, you know, my mess has become my message, and my test has become my testimony. Amen. And it's the same for all of us. This is what God wants to do in us. So I knew I had to press into Him. He alone has the words of eternal life. He alone is God. What does pressing into Jesus look like when we're struggling? It looks the same when we're not struggling, actually, <laughs> but we have to do it. Um, 
Pressing into Jesus, we have to keep reading the word. His words are living and active, okay? Sharper than a two-edged sword. His word will cut through every lie of the enemy, every self-doubt, every fear. We have to read this. And if you don't, can I encourage you, your next step from today is to go away and read your Bible. And if you, you don't have to do, if you can't do the whole reading plan, you can do the reading plan. If you can't do the whole thing, just read a couple of lines of something that's going to be life to you. Ask the Lord, say, Lord, what do you want to say to me? And he will speak to you. Amen. He will speak to you. So for, I was reading the word. I've been reading, I read it every day, like I said. Different things would speak to me. And then Lord said to me um, in August, I want you to read um, I want you to read Song of Songs in the Passion Translation um, every day um, over for six weeks. This was like uh, September into October. And um, I, I, I just challenge anyone of you, if you're struggling, take some time out to read Song of Songs in the Passion Translation. Because this is written from God's passionate heart to us. And... Um, I, I basically just took word by word and line by line for six weeks. And it starts with, let him, let him. This wasn't about me striving to get somewhere. This was about something he needed to do in me. And it says, let him. And then it says, kiss me. Let him kiss you. And that word... Uh, I think it's nashek. Kiss means equip. So this isn't all lovey-dovey, soppy, oh, I'm not going to do that. His love equips us to overcome. Amen. His word says, draw, it says, draw me, it, it was drawing me into his heart. That's what it says. You draw, I'll draw you into my heart. He says, and I have come as you have asked to lead you out. So he comes when you ask him to lead you out into victory. Amen. Another thing we need to do. If you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. The whole, we don't do this Christian life on our own. We have a Father who loves us. We have Jesus who's in heaven interceding for us. And the Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus, lives in us to equip us to overcome this life. Amen. We cannot do it on our own. We need the Holy Spirit in us. And the Holy Spirit has a prayer language. And when he prays, it's powerful. When we don't have the words, when we don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit does. He's God. Pray in tongues and keep praying in tongues until you hear him speak to you. Amen. Amen. Sometimes there are no words. Some things are so painful, there aren't words. When we don't understand, pray in the spirit and deep calls to deep. What's in God? What is in us will come up. It will come up. It will come up to the surface. God will speak. If you need to be filled with the Spirit and released in tongues, there'll be people here at the end to pray with you because you need the life and power of the Holy Spirit to overcome. Amen. For him to speak into you and lift you up. 
Praise is a weapon. Praise is a weapon. Okay, it's a weapon. We praise him and we exalt him alone because we know he alone has words of eternal life and he is God. Amen. We praise him. That's the greatest faith, that to, to thank him when we haven't seen the answer yet. And I have to say, the things I was struggling with, I haven't seen the answer to. That Nothing's changed, really, but I've changed. Yes. One word from God and everything changes. Amen. I haven't suddenly come into millions. It would be great, God. But nothing's changed in some of the things I was grappling with, but I've changed. Everything's changed. Because he met with me and he wants to meet with us today. Amen. He wants to meet with us today. Um, Thanking him before we've seen the answer is faith. It is pure faith. When we exalt him, when we stand and know that we're standing in the throne room, exalting him for who he is, even though nothing's changed, that's faith. That blesses his heart. That releases something. That's faith. Thanking him. Thank him for the prodigals, even though you've not seen them come back because they're coming back. Thank him for your healing because he's the healer. That, that, I love that word this morning as Sarah read out, he's not a man that he should lie or that he should change his mind. He has blessed. There is no curse. If you read it, it's in Numbers 23 and 24. There is no curse that can stand against us. We take hold of these promises and we exalt him and we thank him that he is going to outwork his plans and purposes for our lives. Amen. Well, no matter what it looks like, when all hell could, could be coming against you and all the circumstances say you are going down, he says, no, you're not. And I have to say, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, we're not. You have spoken. You have spoken. Amen. He's spoken upgrade. Clive and I have been speaking upgrade over our, our lives, over our circumstances, over kingdom faith. God has spoken new things and upgrade coming. Amen. Somebody bought us a bottle of, a bottle of wine recently. Um, they, he was coming to see Clive, we hadn't seen him for years and years, but he, he brought a bottle of wine and he went to buy it and God said, no, don't buy that, buy champagne, I want to give them an upgrade. And he came with this bottle and I'm waiting to open it. <laughs> I'm waiting to shake that thing and drink it. Clive doesn't drink, so I'm going to have a good time. But <laughs> it's, it's coming, the upgrade, amen. But that's his promise over his kids. There are new doors before us and sometimes we're struggling where we are, let alone stepping into new things. But that's faith as well. That is faith to step into new things where you don't know how you can provide for where you are now. You don't know how you can just have the strength to go through something new, but that is faith. That is relying on the Holy Spirit. It's not me, you, Lord, it's you. And if you're going to be glorified by something I step into by faith, then you've got to do it. You, you come, Holy Spirit, you come. We all have new doors ahead of us. And, and somebody gave us a brilliant word um, in the summer. There was, can you just put your hands up if you've been through a, a struggle this summer? Honest? We were hearing so many stories of people that have been struggling this summer in, in, like I said, when my heart had gone cold, it was a scary place. I know a lot of people have been struggling this, this year 
going through tough, tough times. And when God says he'd given us words, you know, like you're, you're an arrow and you're going to be fired. Yes, God, we're going to soar with you. We're going to land here and do this. And it, and it felt like, it feels like you're going backwards. It feels like everything's dying in you. And then someone sent a picture, I think it was it you, Suki? I don't know. Somebody put something up saying, what happens to an arrow before it's fired? It is stretched backwards, tight. And that's what it felt like going backwards when God was saying, release is coming. Release, I'm speaking over, release is coming. Release is coming for us, for the kingdom of faith, for every single one of us. This isn't just hype. This is the word of God. This is who, who he is, who we are. In the earth, release is coming, but it, this, this bit is painful. This bit is hard work. We don't want to go through it, but then comes a release, amen? It's coming. The same way release is coming. <laughs> to be released. The stretch zone is not comfortable. Surrender to God is not comfortable. He wants our hearts. He wants to draw us into his heart. He says, open your heart, darling, deeper still to me. And he reaches in to unlock our hearts. And sometimes we don't want him to. It's uncomfortable. But that's what he wants to do in our heart. That's what he, he wants to do. That's what he needs to do for us to go forward. When we had a, a situation that happened in our, in our family um, a few years ago now, um, uh, it was it was um, it was it was traumatic, and um, after a while, I was struggling with some of the things that I felt God was asking me to do because I didn't feel I wasn't sure whether I should be still doing them or not. And um, and I got my, and I was on my face one day, and I felt God speak to me. He said, He just it was like He was standing before me, the Lord of Heaven's armies, and He said, Jane, stand up. And I stood up, and it was like something went straight through me. This rod. And I stood up and that word just changed everything. And I was able to do what God was asking me to do. I was able to focus. I was able to, to see things happen, to see things shift in different areas that, that I was involved in where, where God has just done amazing things. But something changed. Something else had changed in me that I hadn't realised. And it took me a couple of years to realise that where I used to have worship on at home all the time, I'd stopped having worship on. And I realised that God had spoken to me something he needed to speak for me to stand, to keep going. But there was an intimacy between me and a father that had died. And it, took, it was a long time before he showed me that that's what happened. And um, sometimes things are, are, are hard. And um, they can, it can change you know, when there's grief or trauma, there can be a blockage between us and God. And the Lord wants to remove those blockages. The Father wants us to come with every struggle, with every fear, with every area where we feel like we failed Him. He wants us to come with those and remove them from off of us, that we are free. Amen. I love this, um, and he's going to do that this morning. Okay, I'm just going to quickly read uh, a couple of verses. 
from Psalms. So we can read a word, we can worship, we can praise, we can pray in tongues. And sometimes this needs to happen. I stand silently to listen for the one I love. Waiting as long as it takes for the Lord to rescue me. For God alone has become my saviour. He alone is my safe place. His wraparound presence always protects me. For he is my champion defender. There's no risk of failure with God. So why would I let worry paralyse me? Even when troubles multiply around me. Look at those who want, those who want me dead, shouting their vicious threats at me. The moment they discover my weakness, they all begin plotting to take me down. Liars, hypocrites with nothing good to say, all their energies are spent on moving me from this exalted place. That's what the enemy wants to do. Move us from where we're seated with Jesus, from our place of victory. I am standing in absolute stillness, silent before the one I love. Waiting as long as it takes for him to rescue me. Only God is my saviour, he will not fail me. He alone is my safe place. His wraparound presence always protects me as my champion defender. There is no risk of failure with God. So why would I let worry paralyse me even when troubles multiply around me? God's glory is all around me. His wraparound presence is all I need. For the Lord is my saviour, my hero, my life-giving strength. Join me, everyone. Trust only in God every moment. Tell him all your troubles and pour your heart longings to him. Believe me when I tell you, he will help you. And sometimes we just need to be quiet. Long enough to hear him speak to us. In Psalm, that was Psalm 62. In Psalm 47, 46, sorry. It says, surrender your anxiety. Stop your striving. Be silent. Stop your striving and you will see that I am God. I am the God above all the nations and I will be exalted throughout the whole earth. Here he stands, the commander, the mighty Lord of angel armies is on our side. The God of Jacob fights for us. Amen. Amen. God fights our battles and sometimes we just need to be still. Given the struggle, given the pain, given the issue, and God will come through for you. Amen. Still our souls, Lord, and, uh, and just be in his presence. And he changes everything. And he wants to bring a release today. Amen. He wants to unblock us if there's anything there, any struggles, any challenges that have become too much, so that these wells of living water in us can flow out and be life to others. Amen? Amen. Now, I just want two ladies to come up, and they're going to share briefly the struggle they've been through to the victory they have seen and want to see in your lives. Is that okay? Amen. Great. Suki, could you come on up? Thanks. Come on up. You've got the mic. Oh, cheers, mate. Here you go said it all. <laughs> no, no, it was going to come from you. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> we should preach that months ago. Oh, yeah, me too. Do you know what? We are, we're great friends, right? And we seem to go through things at the same time. So about months and months ago, we met for coffee and we were both crying 
because we were both struggling. And then we both came through at the same time. And now we're both up here with our test, our testimony and our mess being our message. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to share a little bit so you've got some context. I know most of you probably have heard this, but I had, um, I've been suffering from illness for, since I had my little girl about four years ago. And it kept getting misdiagnosed and I got some, some healing and then I'd get other things going. So it was just like a constant attack on my health, but no one could get to the bottom of it. And um, it got really, there was other stuff this year, <laughs> there was other stuff going on as well. And it just felt like everything in mine and Chris's life was just like, everything seemed to be going wrong. Everything was such a struggle. But for me personally, the, the worst sort of struggle was my health. And um, I ended up um, in hospital with a lot of stomach pain. And I recognised I'd had this pain before, but this was worse. Went to hospital and they um, found out I had stones in my gallbladder, which is fairly straightforward. And an easy, you can have an op and take it out. But as they were scanning me, they also turned around and said, they went really white and were a bit like, oh, we've found something on your liver. And it turned out they found a four centimetre tumour on my liver. And I was like, great. <laughs> like, um, so anyway, we went on this journey, then the gallbladder was sort of pushed aside when all these tests were going on on this tumour. And of course, they were mentioning cancer. Um, I did the stupid thing of going on Dr. Google and <laughs> working out what this tumour could or couldn't be. And um, I got really in, well, in fear, but also having to face the fact that I might need a lot of treatment, I might be seriously ill, because you, you can't run... You can't run from something like that. You've got to face it. So we went through months of this. Tests were coming back inconclusive, so they had to do further investigations. And then in, in the end, my consultant sat me down and he said, we've worked out what it is with this team of liver specialists and it's fine. Um, it's probably something you've had from birth and it's not an issue. We don't need to operate anything. So me and Chris were like, yeah, breakthrough. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, so that was really good, and then everything went back to sorting out my gallbladder, but because these months had passed, it was getting into a right state, and I was in pain every day, I was on opiates every day, which was fun, <laughs> but I didn't want to be on them, I really didn't. Um, so <laughs> I was going through all of this, out of service, every day was a slog, summer was horrible, couldn't enjoy the kids, and um, I ended up um, seeing my consultant quite a bit, he knew my whole story, and then they set a date for surgery because they knew it was only going to get worse. But of course, in that time, um, <laughs> I collapsed in agony one day and was rushed in an ambulance to hospital. And um, <laughs> the doctor at hospital was really, really busy and sent me home on paracetamol. Um, I went home, but I knew something was really, really wrong. And um, I spent about three or four days at home suffering because I was told that I just had to wait for my op. And then one night, Chris came in and he went, Suki, you are so yellow. And I went, I feel awful. And he said, that's enough, we're going back to any. And what happened was, for those you, you probably are aware, um, quite a large stone had escaped my gallbladder and was stuck in my duct. I don't understand it all. But anyway, I was going jaundice and I was really ill. But I need to speed up because I want to get to a good bit. <laughs> so I just want you to know I've been suffering a while. <laughs> and um, went to hospital and they admitted me straight away because obviously they could see something. And so in my head, I was like, 
great, I'm going to have emergency surgery. I don't have to wait another three, four weeks for my operation. God is good. This is painful, but I know it's going to be over. And then Jane and Clive came to visit and they're like, oh, what are you believing for? And I said, I know my surgery is going to be done. I'm going to be home at the weekend recovering. You know, this is God's plan. It's so good. And then they went home. Chris went home. I was there on my own. And um, a nurse comes in and she says, Suki, I just need to make you aware that um, the op you need isn't the main op. You've got to have the stone removed, but we can't do it till next week. So I was sitting in the hospital like, <laughs> I'm not suffering because I, I was in a lot of pain. I was on everything and I couldn't get rid of the sick feeling. I was thrown up. I couldn't keep down water. And I was like, you wouldn't leave an animal like this. Like, you can't leave me like this for a week. And she said, even if we had a gap, your blood is so, like, I don't know what had happened with the jaundice. I don't understand it. But my blood wasn't clotting. It had lost its clotting agent. And she said, even if you were well enough, we couldn't because your blood has to improve because otherwise you just bleed out. And we've they'd already got, like, transfusions ready. And I was just, like, in shock because I was like, God wants me healed. Hmm. We've prayed that. Why am I left here suffering? And I didn't, like you've been saying, I didn't understand and I was by myself, she shut the curtain, and all I can say is it was like this darkness came over me, this despair, and I, um, I wanted, my flight or flight kicked off, and I wanted to pull out my IVs and just run, and I didn't even know where I would run to, but I wanted to, I wanted to escape that situation, because it wasn't just the pain, it was, where was God? Hmm. Like, why was I suffering so, so much? And why then... Because it sounds good, right? So when Jane and Clive are there, I'm like, I'm going to get healed. I'm going to get my thing. That sounds like God. That God wants to heal me. He wants me better. But here I was, all alone, completely alone, with me and my emotions and my agony. And I had a choice in that moment. Mm. I couldn't run. <laughs> I would have been sick and collapsed. But I wanted to run from him because I was like, you, who, are you who you say you are? Why, why is this? Why am I suffering? And at that moment, I had a choice, and I, I couldn't read the word. I couldn't pray because I was just too weak. And all I could do was listen to worship music. So I put on my headphones, and I put on a song, and I just lay there, and I said, God, I give up. I don't know what to do. And it was on um, random play, and this song came on, and it just started ministering to me. Hmm. And I had these hot tears just start, you know, if, is anyone here been so angry, frustrated, in pain that your tears burn? It was like my tears were just burning my cheeks because I'd had enough. And it was, it was a combination of so much going on. And it all just hit me in that moment. And it was like all this pain started to come out. And I had a vision and I saw Jesus walk. I saw him walk to my hospital bed and he said to me that everything was going to be okay. And in that moment, as James read out, he came to me and his loving kindness leads us to repentance. Yeah. And the Lord said to me in that moment, he said, the stone that you've got locked here is actually a reflection of what's going on in your spirit. You've got a stone blocking my life going through you. And my first reaction was like, no, I don't. 
<laughs> I don't. You know, you just think you're, you're doing okay. You know, you're not doing okay. And um, I said to the Lord, "Just like, okay, what's the stone?" And then the scripture came to me. It says, "Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word." And He said, "Have you heard from me in this situation?" Mm. Mm. I was like, "No, I haven't." And in that moment, that just that scripture just brought all this revelation by the Holy Spirit. That when I was saying, oh, I'm going to get healed on this day and I'm going to have the op and I'm going to get home. That was fear and me, I'm going to be completely honest, and that place of fear controlling God. Hmm. Telling him what I wanted to see. Telling him how I wanted to work it out because I was scared. Hmm. And it's not the first time I've been scared and tried to control something. It's a natural... Not natural, it's a defense mechanism. You get in fear and you want to control, you want to do mm. it like Jim was saying yourself. And I couldn't see it until the Holy Spirit revealed it. So mm. once He spoke that to me and I could realize what I was doing, of course, I'm repenting and I'm sorry, God. And, and then it was like this little um, show of video clips appeared before me, and God began to show me these amazing little clips of how the whole thing could play out. I mean, and part of it was like he could miraculously heal me and then doctors would all be coming in and going, wow, this is a miracle. And, you know, and he would just show me all these different scenarios. And I was like, why am I limiting you to something that's selfish for me? Because I want to get home and I want to get better. Whereas in that situation, God has got this limitless plan mm. of what he can do mm. in us and through mm. us and through our suffering and through mm. our circumstances. Yeah. So then in that moment... So when I'm over here, like telling God what to do, the fear, all I can see is this huge mountain, this huge stone. It's dark. I couldn't see my tomorrows. I didn't know what was beyond it. And that's what my focus was, was this big mountain of ill health and everything else. And you see, a mountain can't grow. A mountain can't produce fruit. It can't do anything, and it's all-consuming. Whereas when I heard from the Lord... In this yeah. place. So it sounded good saying, oh, God's going to heal me. But it wasn't faith. It was looking at the mountain. And then God, in that moment, gave me a mustard seed of faith. And a mustard seed can multiply. It can grow. It can produce way more trees. And God was saying to me, you need to look with eyes of faith about what I can do where you are. And um, from that moment on, my circumstances didn't change. I was still in hospital. I was still ill. I still sent some really horrible, ugly texts to Jane and some others saying, I can't do it anymore. Mm. So I was still a bit up and down, but I had the remedy, and the remedy was being in the presence of Jesus, yeah. worshipping him, yeah. choosing that, choosing prayer, not responding to what was being said. I mean, I probably need to stop now, but... Um, if anyone wants to talk to me about what God in that time did for me, it is amazing. And it's like it affected not only me in hospital, but he did miracles in our family mm. with our own parents. And he brought us all closer together. It, there was just so much he did. And that is what I've learned in this time. It's like when we get rid of pride or the blockage or the mountain in us and allow God's life to come through, I mean, I was just lying there in hospital and I was watching God do all these amazing things. And in the end, um, my consultant, uh, there was a, I'll just tell you this and I'm done. <laughs> because it's a, such a big difference to how I was a week before. Um, but I was, the day that they said I might have that stone removed, I didn't want to go by what anyone was saying on the, you know, 
this way. I wanted to hear from God, like he told me. So I, got, I woke up early and I put on worship and I asked him, God, what are you saying today? Are you removing the stone today? And he said to me, I am opening the door for you today to have your surgery. So I knew I'd heard from him and I knew that was going to happen. But I never said that. I just stayed in peace. Mm. And I had like two nurses and a doctor come and tell me they weren't going to operate on me that day. And I got a bit wobbly. And then what happened was that was the day that my actual consultant was scheduled to be in the hospital. I hadn't seen him at all. Hadn't, he'd been on holiday. So he walks in my room, looks at me, knows my whole story, because he's walked me through the tumour and everything. So it's like Christ-like. That's what I was sensing. And he walks in and he looks at me and he says, she's not going to suffer anymore. And I knew it was Jesus. And he went down himself personally to the surgeon doing the operations. And he says, you will get Suki in for her op. So God did mm. for me what I could not do for myself just mm. because I repented mm. and got on my knees and humbled myself. And um, that's what all he requires of us. And I know the reason I'm sharing is because I know there's people here with stones, mm. spiritual stones in us. And we try and cling on to things, but it's, it's not our burden to carry. Yeah, It's just not our burden to carry. And as you release stuff today, I know the King of Glory is going to walk in mm. to your situation, to your mm. circumstance, and it might not change instantly, but he will begin to move. You'll begin to hear his voice again. You'll have peace again. And that is his will for you today. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.